As a prince, I'd always been your royal highness. There was only one person who was ever called your majesty, and it sent a shiver down my spine hearing it tossed in my direction now. The staff who didn't turn and flee instead bowed and rushed to open doors before I could come within a meter of opening them myself. It was ludicrous to never open a door, to never step out of a car unaided, to never pour a drink of your own or make your own damn bed. The one time I did that, the maid looked as if I'd slapped her across the face, so I never tried again. I understood how strange the whole situation was. Being in this family meant our name alone was enough to send armies to war. And yet, I didn't understand it at all. I never had. How could one person be born with so much power, having done so little to earn it? I hadn't achieved anything great. I hadn't worked harder than anybody else. I hadn't worked at all. I'd been gifted this life at birth, but who was to say I couldn't have been born to a hairdresser and a baker, or an accountant and a teacher? Why had the stars aligned so as to put me in this position? Why not someone else? I crashed through the door of my quarters, the room tilting dangerously one way then the other. The floor seemed to turn into water as I scrambled, fell, then crawled to the bathroom, the hard, unforgiving tiles burning through my clothes and branding my knees. I'd barely made it to the toilet, which was a ghastly creation of white and gold, when I retched. My entire body heaved with the sheer force of it. Again and again it came the nauseous wave pausing with a wicked threat before rolling up through me once more. I hugged the toilet, squeezing the porcelain hard with each violent lurch of my stomach. When I was done, all I could do was lie on the bathroom floor in defeat. The king, ladies and gentlemen, I muttered. A knock at the door of my quarters interrupted my self-pity. I didn't answer, praying they might go away until I got myself together. James. It was Gail, of course, the only person who wouldn't just turn on her heel and leave me if not immediately invited inside. Give me a minute, I said through gritted teeth, using the last of my energy to drag myself up off the floor. I leaned over the sink and swilled my mouth with water, wiping my hand across my face instead of bothering to find a towel. I looked at myself, and the king looked back. The mirror wasn't kind. My face had somehow sucked itself in, sharp and hollow, and my bottom lip was littered with a puncture of marks where I'd bitten down hard in an attempt to stop myself from falling apart. My eyes were swollen and puffy, red lines shooting off in every direction like shattered glass. I couldn't bear to look at myself much longer, so I took a deep breath and made for the door. And when I opened it, Gail and Jonathan stared back at me with ill-hidden concern. James. She said again, her voice close to breaking. But of course she held it together because there was a job to be done. When you're ready, it's time. Ah, the grief parade, I muttered, trying to keep my nausea at bay. I made for my bedroom, a large and perfect square with a too big, solid oak four-poster bed that had been hand-carved. Velvet drapes hung open on all sides, revealing the perfectly fitted and ironed sheets that were changed every day. Ridiculous, I know. The grief parade was what we called the little stage performance we were forced to enact to show the public that 
Despite the fact it was us in mourning, we were still putting them first. We would have to fix our mouths into a grim line, step outside the palace gates to marvel at the flowers and gifts laid against the railings, shake hands and thank people for their well wishes. It was just another thing we were expected to do, something to make them happy. I know it's absurd, and I'd rather we do anything else, but the sooner we get it over with, the better, Gail said matter-of-factly. I sighed and reached for the crisp white shirt that had been left out for me alongside a simple black suit. Gail and Jonathan took their cue and stepped back out into the living room while I changed. Let's get this out of the way, I mumbled when I reappeared, still fighting with the tie I'd slung around my neck. Let me, Jonathan said, stepping forward as Gail continued her mutterings about what awaited us outside.